0: Hello, this is James Maskell and today we'll be mapping loneliness on the 15 minute matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I've invited my good friend, James Maskell, back to the mic. James Maskell has spent the past decade innovating at the cross-section of functional medicine and community To that end, he created the Functional Forum, the world's largest integrative medicine conference with record-setting participation online and growing physician communities around the globe. His organization and best-selling book of the same name, Evolution of Medicine, prepares health professionals for this new era of predictive preventative medicine. His new book is called The Community Cure, Transforming Health Outcomes Together, And is available for free at thecommunitycure.com. Let's dive in and talk loneliness with James Maskell. James, welcome back to the 15-minute matrix.
0: Great to be back, Andrea. Always a pleasure.
1: Congrats, by the way, on your new book, The Community Cure, which we will link in the show notes. It's super exciting. And I know you and I have explored the concept of community before, but today I want to ask you to help shine a light on the benefits of community through the lens of loneliness, which you do speak to in the first chapter of the book. What did you learn about loneliness and its impact on health outcomes?
0: Well, one of the big things that I've learned over the last few years is that, you know, if we're all in the business of root cause medicine here in functional medicine and functional nutrition, you know, loneliness is the biggest driver of all cause mortality, more than nutrition, more than smoking, more than alcoholism. And yet it's not really something that we talk that much about in functional medicine. And part of the reason I wrote this book was because I saw that practitioners that were running groups were actually treating loneliness effectively and the synergy Between the group visit structure and the functional medicine operating system was the future of medicine so the original title for the book was a cure for loneliness Mm. but when we really started to look at it we saw that you know when you take the groups cure loneliness but when you make those groups functional medicine groups on top of it you have a much greater cure and therefore the community cure
1: That's amazing to think about and to think about like what an epidemic loneliness is, especially in today's technological age. Like, we don't get into community and sit in community. And you've always been such a proponent of coming together as community.
0: Yeah, well, this is the loneliest time in human history, especially in America, you know, and in the UK. The next generations coming up are the loneliest generations ever. You know, one in four British youth don't have a single friend. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're, we're entering into a world where this is gonna be a huge conversation. And ultimately, you know, it has such a profound effect that, you know, when you see the terrible health outcomes of younger people in society, you know, there was a Blue Cross Blue Shield study that showed that that younger generations are way sicker than previous generations at the same age. You know, I think loneliness is a key driver of it. And we'll talk about how it affects patients all the way through the matrix. But ultimately the good news is, is that the functional medicine operating system, when paired with the group visit model, is such an elegant solution that part of the reason why I'm coming out with it at this time is because, you know, the last decade for me was really about helping practitioners find functional medicine and get into functional medicine. For me, this next decade is about functional medicine becoming the standard of care. It's about the widespread adoption of these ideas into health systems, not playing on the side in a weird clinic in every little town in America which we've got thus far but actual whole health systems delivering this kind of care and that's what i'm going to be doing for the next decade
1: Bravo, James. I'm so glad to know you, and I really applaud all that you're doing. I found some of the information in the book so interesting, and I want to get to how loneliness has an impact on the entire matrix of an individual, but looking at some of Dr. Geller's work, which again, you draw on in chapter one of the book, seeing that the health model is only 20% medical care was really mind-blowing for me because because I think practitioners all of us, get very stuck on what those protocols are, what those solutions are. And oftentimes the solutions exist in other modalities, other approaches. I've been thinking a lot about the impact of gratitude and stress and laughter. And those are things that come in a group situation, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so 20% medical care, 30% health behaviors. And so you could think that perhaps in a one-on-one functional medicine clinic, you may be able to affect maybe 50% of outcomes, but another 40% of outcomes is basically social and community factors. And so if you can deliver this kind of care in a group, if you can treat loneliness by introducing people who wanna get healthy to each other in a group setting, you know you can now affect up to 90% of what makes up health. So that's really the opportunity is to be able to have a full spectrum input. And you know, before we get into the matrix, I guess the number one word that I want everyone to get from the book, I think, is this word biopsychosocial. Mm. And what it really shows is that, you know, what we are really starting to see, this was a concept that came around through mental health. But ultimately, what we're seeing is that most chronic diseases and probably all of the lifestyle driven chronic diseases are biopsychosocial in nature, which means there are biological factors, there are psychological factors, and there are social factors and environmental factors that make up people's health. And ultimately, what we need is biopsychosocial solutions. And so group visits doing functional medicine are a biopsychosocial solution. And what I share in the book is that the purely biological input for biopsychosocial problems is a failure, especially when it comes to medication, like Mm -hmm. the medication based delivery mechanism for biopsychosocial diseases is an ongoing failure. And ultimately, what we need to do is to match the solution with the problem. And that's why this is such an important part.
1: Yeah, I love that biopsychosocial model, you know, I love a trio. So really grounding into the biological, the psychological and that social or environmental. That's beautiful. Can you talk about some of the models that you looked at, like who's doing the work at large scale in their clinic and what kind of outcomes they spoke to?
0: I first heard about the functional medicine group visit through Dr. Shilpa Sachsen in Mm -hmm. 2013, and I was really impressed with it. I did my TEDx talk on it in 2015. You know, her model is amazing, and she's really set the foundation with the group visit toolkits for any practitioner to then take on to do these groups but the one limitation of Shilpa's model was that it was designed to be a one-off group and there's a lot of efficiency gains from a one-off group but what i always knew with the magic source would be would be if you could actually like introduce people to each other and they could become friends. And that can't really happen in one visit. And so last year when I went on my bus tour, we went to the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine and we saw what they were doing, which was essentially every new patient has to go through a 10-week, two-hour-a-week group visit run by PAs, you know, dietitians and health coaches. And the results of that are so amazing that it will change medicine forever. 50% of people who go through that, Andrea, get so much better because they basically become self-efficacious, right? Mm-hmm. In 10 weeks, they build a group of new friends. They learn how to sleep, how to eat, how to stress. They don't just learn it. They do it. They learn right. how to read their own labs. It's like a training program. And honestly, like if you look, there's a lot of people that probably wanted this information in the last two decades. What did they do? They probably became health coaches because mm-hmm. where else could you get this information? You know, so many health coaches just became health coaches for themselves first and then maybe saw an opportunity to help other people. But that's where this information was landing or in the fun nutrition world. And so ultimately, here's a training program for people to be able to learn how to take care of themselves. And yeah, 50% of people get so much better from that, they never need to see the doctor at all. They go up by an average of five promise points, which is ridiculous.
1: And what kind of like just to give us some hardcore outcomes, are we seeing weight loss, which leads to reduction in medications, particularly for diabetes? What did you see? What did you hear about in terms of those outcomes?
0: All of that in more if you've been following along you probably saw that in october functional medicine was shown in JAMA, right so huge moment in that score the average increase of people in conventional medicine was 0.33 promise points in functional medicine it was 1.6 at six months so when i tell you that half the people in functioning for life in cleveland clinic in the group model went up by more than five promise points you're gonna see that that is a ridiculous improvement. So what does five promise points mean? That means like complete reversal of chronic illness, getting off all medication, the most profound results that you can imagine.
1: And what about the obstacles or the objections and the challenges? When you were out there exploring the benefits of community, were there concerns like HIPAA compliance or I don't wanna be part of a group, that's not for me?
0: for sure so first of all you know privacy is the number one thing that comes up there's definitely ways to deal with that to essentially have like a shared medical appointment with just a few more people sharing and there are ways to execute that and this is not some like trick you know this is endorsed by medicare the systems out there want people to run group visits. I mean, that's as simple as I can say it. So privacy is the number one thing that people come up with. And ultimately, a synonym of privacy is isolation. So we've been actually causing the problems that we're talking about today by delivering care and one-on-one to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. The second thing is people don't want to be in a group. Why? Because the groups that we're forced into when we're younger are pretty traumatic. Like yeah. Most people's family is traumatic. <laughs> Definitely like school is traumatic. Your first job is traumatic. Like, Why would you want to be in a group, but groups around health creation are very different from other types of groups. And so we need to really like own that and say, look, this is not your high school locker room, right? This is a group of people coming together to reverse their chronic illness. The energy is very different. You know, there's also doubts of people hosting a group. I mean, ultimately most practitioners have been valued their whole careers for their knowledge, for yes. their expertise. And so to move into a space where it's better not to have the answers, it's better for the answers to come from the participants because honestly if you're working with poor people which is a big part of my platform the next 10 years is like how do we get functional medicine to poor people you don't know what it's like to be you know an immigrant that's one of the things that jeff geller said it's like he lived two zip codes away from these immigrants that were living in the poorest areas of boston so who is he to come and tell them how to like make smoothies right. and do all these kind of things With their like, Vitamix. yes exactly and so like you know so he had to really very quickly learn that the best answers came from within the group and to become a conduit for those answers rather than always having the answer and that takes a lot of humility yes and so for all practitioners we're going to have to realize one better it's better if the answers come from each other and two other people who have had success are way, way, way more inspiring than you are, even yep. if you're walking the talk, especially if you're walking the talk, because yep. patients think, you don't know what it's like to have my disease. And ultimately, that's a big learning lesson for our community is that we have to engage the power of peer-to-peer to keep people inspired and make behavior change easy.
1: Yeah, and we're talking, you're talking, James, about transformation as opposed to a fix there is no one route and part of the roots come down to that community cure and i love that framework for it what can we share with practitioners listening about what they can do. I know. I want them to download the book. I want them to get their hands on it, read more, dive deeper into these concepts. But what would they be doing to create a community cure?
0: Well, the first thing is to actually build these group visits, and I think that the practitioners who come through your community are perfectly placed. There's been a vision for, I think, team based care and functional yeah. medicine, but it's like, well, who's going to do what, and right. how's that going to work? Well, clearly, functional nutritionists are in a great position to run groups. You know. That's that's yes. it. So we've seen clinics where the nutritionists run the groups and then, you know, if people need more one-on-one care, they can go to the doctor. But ultimately the doctor can kind of outsource the running of the groups to other practitioners who can do that probably better than they can. Yeah. So there's an obvious way for people to collaborate. The second is that to get this book in the hands of decision makers of people who make decisions for health systems. And in the same way that my first book, the goal was if you put it in the lap of a doctor, you know, would they at the end of it think oh, I want to practice functional medicine and I want to start my own functional medicine micro practice. In this one, it's like if I'm the CEO of a hospital or if I'm like the head of a big clinic or anything, I'm like, I should be running these group visits. And guess who's going to be like super employable at the end of that? Anyone who's already trained in functional medicine. Right. And so it's about getting our community that we've amassed and all these meetup groups all across the country to be able to actually go and be an active participant in changing medicine.
1: James, as you look at the functional nutrition matrix, is there anything that pops out at you that you want to share in relation to a community cure?
0: Well, absolutely. You know, first of all, doing a long intake gives you the opportunity to ask people about Mm -hmm. their quality of their relationships. I mean, you see bottom right, you know, relationships is one of the questions or one of the like fundamentals. So it's already there. You know, it's a biopsychosocial intake. Yes. Right? That's a big point. So this intake is uniquely biopsychosocial in a way that conventional medicine isn't. I think another thing to definitely think about is obviously triggers. Mm -hmm. You know, loneliness can be a huge trigger for people. So thinking about what triggers these kind of events, I've seen that in my own family, how like being alone at Christmas, suddenly what happens? Oh, an immune issue comes up. You know, one of the things I learned from going to the IFM conference on human social genomics was the connection between loneliness and some of the inflammatory pathways Mm -hmm. to do with the immune system. So anytime you see immune system coming up, like ask, if you're looking, if you're seeing the immune come up on the matrix, ask about their, you know status because there's a real connection there. And then also depression, like any mental health symptoms at all, you need to ask, has there been targeted rejection? Has there been a intention from someone else to break a social bond? Have you got divorced? Have you been fired from a job? Have you lost a friend? A targeted rejection increases the chance of depression by 20 fold. So these are questions that we need to be asking. I think the immune is a big part. I think, you know, looking at triggers and I think bottom right, looking at the uh, relationships, is uh, critical ways that practitioners can engage in this conversation. And then if you find out that they do have loneliness issues, you need to get them into a group.
1: Yeah, and I think just piggybacking on that, thinking about my own life, James, like I'm an empty nester now, right? So we have to think about how people live and what it means to eat alone are people cooking for themselves it's really eating is a community engagement and we often lose that in our lifestyles these days so there's so many things we could be bringing to light as we look through the matrix and the community cure your new book you james everything you're a stand for helps us do that thank you so much
0: Great to be here with you, Andrea, and thank you for you know all the work that you've done to build this army. Like I would say, the last 10 years was really about building the army, right? Building the practitioners who know what they're doing, who could get into it and really help a lot of people. And ultimately the point of this book is how do we scale up? How do we get to a point where this community actually has an impact on health outcomes, not just the outcomes of a few rich people in their town, but the outcomes of the population. And there was no scalable format for doing that because it was 90 minute intakes, you know, one-on-one mainly for cash. Now what we see is billing 16 people's Medicare, Medicaid insurance to work with, you know, a practitioner for an hour and a half. It totally changes the game on the scalability, affordability, you know, behavior change. And so ultimately, I think if there's one concept that we can all take on in this next decade, it's that functional medicine delivered in groups makes it available to everyone. And this is the way that it becomes the standard of care.
1: Love it. Thank you, James. Thanks, Andrea. The 15 Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15 Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, along with support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook you can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com and if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify we'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is ready for you and before you leave Do be sure you get your hands on James's new book, The Community Cure, Transforming Health Outcomes Together. You can get that book at thecommunitycure.com.